Hi, I'm Elliot Manning and welcome back to another episode of The Search. Uh, this week I'm joined by Stuart who works for Stop Me out in Los Angeles. Um, Stuart is a head of cyber security for the business uh, with many, many years experience in the recruitment game who's going to share his story with us today. Um, but I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself, mate. Yeah, Elliot, thanks for, thanks for having me on. Uh, like Elliot said, yep, Stuart Mitchell running the security practice for the United States um, over at Stott and May. Um, working in the US for close to, close to seven years now across a couple of businesses. Um, and yeah, definitely got a few shit stories to share along the way. Lovely, lovely, lovely. How's it going over there at the moment? Uh, you know what, so it, I think it's pretty good. Um, you know, one thing that I, I'm in a fortunate situation, you know, when I look around and I've got friends who recruit in all sorts of industries, um, aside from the fact that I'm mostly stuck in my apartment, the security yeah. industry really hasn't seen as big of an impact um, from good. a recruiting standpoint. So, you know, fortunately, um, I had a, I had a quarter where we were pretty much in line with what our annual expectations were uh, pre-COVID. Um, probably had to work a bit harder and scramble to get there, but, you know, that's always part of the fun. Yeah, um, but, yeah, you know, things things could could be worse. And, um, you know, matter of the fact is we're, we're in a position where the, the quarter we've had is, is, allow, is allowing us to grow as a business, which, you know, I can say we're in a fortunate position because I, I know that's not the case for everybody at the minute. No, fantastic, mate. Good for you. Well, that's, you know, obviously you worry about yourself and obviously where you're going with everything, I suppose, is, uh, is, is important as it is at the minute. Um, but tell me, yep. Stuart, so, you know, your background in recruitment, you know, seven years out in the US, but you've been in recruitment since, what, 2009, I think it is? Um, yeah, yeah, is, a long time. Long but, enough, long enough. That with a full head of hair, yeah. Not fed up yet? No, I'm not. You know what? So it's, it's been a journey. Um, yeah. So I started in, in Northampton, um, of all places. Wow. Not, not, uh, not the London area like most of the, the good recruiters who, who do make it out here. But I um, started doing really low-level recruitment, almost like anything at like 10% in Northampton. Um, did, did that for a couple of years. And to be honest, I, like, nearly walked away. I was like, this is pretty crap. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not making that much money. I, I think there's plenty of people who, I guess from my generation of recruiters, are like, we call it chasing 30, which is, yep. uh, you know, 30,000 30, sounds like a lot of money. Um, and so almost walked away and then decided to uh, get in my next suit and uh, start taking some interviews in London. Uh, yep. I was like, look, uh, there's not a lot going on here. I'm going to chance my arm and, and, and start looking around. So, um Joined a business in London um, in 2011 called Portland Resourcing. Um, SAP recruitment, I think, probably I just past the guys. boom days, but I think yeah. uh, everyone, so, you know, everyone I feel like has had some exposure to SAP in kind of the late 2000s or, or the start of this decade. So um, that's when I really started to kind of get what UK recruitment was like, um, you know, really diving into the real sort of sales mentality, yeah. $100 a day type, smash the phones. And, you know, look at, looking back, it was really fun. Uh, yeah. At the time, you know, scrambling for money, you know, making nothing like where you're at these days. But, uh, and, you know, having cereal for lunch from the office, and the, <laughs> you know, spending, losing all your comms on credit card roulette on a Thursday night. But, yeah. um, look back and it was, it was awesome. Um, and, Look, I got 
got headhunted to um to my to my next gig you know i feel like there's uh there's always companies that create good recruiters um and i feel like portland was that and so i you know really did a good job of helping me grow and um got an offer and you know when someone throws 10k on your base when you're you know at that lower end and and you know in a newer market um you know jumped at the opportunity as well as you know Elliot, so Elliot Brown was, was the business I joined initially in the UK to, yeah. to focus on Germany, where a lot of my success had, had started. Um, and, you know, did that for just under a year. And at that point, they, they kind of got rid of their UK entity. And, you know, they were like, do you want to, we, we want to keep you in the business. Do you want to move to, to Germany or do you want to move to New York? Which pretty much a no brainer for me. Um, you know, the US was an attractive prom- proposition. Um, I actually had distant family in, in, in New York who helped me set, set up as well. Um, so yeah, just, just jumped in and, and, and took the risk. And, um, you know, since then, I guess it, it's been nearly seven years, but was brought into Elliot Brown when there was, you know, I was the, the third, fourth person, well, third billing person, fourth person in that New York office, um, to help build out their contract division, which, um, I'm sure you know, is a very different proposition um, in the US. And, and I feel like a tougher thing to replicate um, compared to how the UK yeah. model works from a contractor perspective. So so yeah. definitely had a lot to learn there. Um, just just on but, that, Stuart, um, Yeah, yeah, go so on. Just for anyone listening, like, you know, the difference of working in the market, what would you say is the difference of doing what you did in London to then having to see it all differently out in the States? Because I, I know that it is different. It's... Yeah. So I think the first, the first thing, particularly if you're doing contractor stuff, is you, you've got to spend some time understanding the compliance side of things. You know, um, there's different ways to payroll people, different rules, different states, different taxes, um, and, and not as straightforward as this is your day rate, this is your bill rate, yeah. let's do it. You know, um, you know, there's W-2 factors, there's insurance factors. Um, there's certain things that different businesses ask for that I was completely naive to. And, um, you know, and, and like so many businesses that come from the UK do, no one had really done their homework. So, yeah. you know, we got ourselves into a couple of spots that we had to spin ourselves out of. Um, the, the second thing is, um, you know, from a, from a competition standpoint, you, you're always kind of playing against the services. So, where I actually had my most success as a, as a contract biller, which, which I was for a while before I pivoted, um, was actually supporting consultancies and supporting, you know, okay. both vendors, et cetera. Um, and that's where I've seen businesses, you know, who are supplementing their workforces, you know, the onshore, offshore type companies. That's where I had my most success um, was really supporting those businesses. Whereas, you know, in the UK, it's like, hey, let's go cut, you know, let's go and try and beat Deloitte. Let's go and try and beat the, PwC, let's go and try and kick Cognizant out and get 20 runners in there on a big project. Um, it's, it's very difficult to do. And the, and the sell is kind of, it's very new to the US entities yeah. that, you know, I've, I've had a couple of wins where it has happened. Um, but I don't hear about, you know, a, a person who has 30, 40 runners, at yeah. a, you know, a medium sized bank uh, on an SAP project or a Dynamics project. I think it's a uh, you know, if you're working with an end user, it's a spot deal here or there. Um, but mostly where I think that the business is on the consultancy side and supporting those vendors. 
Yeah, fine, fine, fine. So, so you're you're going through your move as as uh, you know from Elliot Brown and and that sort of story. Yeah. Um, so I had a ton of fun at Elliot Brown. Yeah. Um, you know, I was young, like single, stupid, um, starting to make more money than than I thought was was possible. Um, you know, when you first get into recruitment, so I had some good success. Um, I think my, my best year at Elliot Brown, I did just shy of 700K, yeah. um, which, you know, when you don't have a ton of responsibilities, is a good amount of billing. Of so, so made a, a, a decent amount of money. Um, one of the things that I saw, and, you know, we did try and replicate that grad model um, of, you know, cool, let's, let's get a ton of people out of, out of college um, and we'll just create our brand and, and kind of create some, you know, we don't want American bad habits. Um, we're going to create these people from scratch. Um, probably churn through more people than we could have. I don't think, I think you have to have a really solid template to do that. Um, some businesses do it really well, both here in LA and in New York. Yeah. I, I am aware of that, but I think, you know, what's important is that you have a really solid foundation of people that are bringing money into the business before you do that. We had two or three really good billers and then at points, 20, like 18, 20 grads um, pulling time off the billers. And so we, we learned from that, but at a time we were, we were probably feeding 25 mouths with four or five contributors. Um, and I think that was a really big learning experience for us. But, you know, that said, we had, we had an exceptional culture. We had a ton of fun, really kind of, yeah. I hate to use the cliche, the work hard, play hard, good happy hours, you know, good incentives. Yeah. Um, type how did, you, thing. How did um, you feel at this point? Like, you know, you've gone out to the States, you've filled 700K yeah. as an individual contributor. And then all of a sudden you're now part of this massive sort of, you know, uh, growth period where there's loads of people that are looking up to you as a top biller. You know, how do you manage, you know, the, your, your day? I mean, did you not get worried that you're going to, your billings are going to drop and you were going to get sidetracked or? So, so so long and the short of it is my that happened to me the year the year before I left. Um, mm. First of all, you know, like that year when I was billing, like it was one of those everything I touched turned to gold. You know, it's like a striker who just can't stop scoring, um, and everyone's looking at you. I, I probably that was probably the only time I really had that like big billeritis um, yeah. that people get. Um, <laughs> so. You know, I, I had a couple of home truths from CEO and COO, like, come on, like, good, but not that good. And, and it did humble me a little bit. And, you know, I, I think that's one thing that you have to learn as a recruiter. And the quicker you learn it, the better it is, you know, you can be brought down to earth pretty quickly. Um, and, it, and it didn't didn't quite happen to me, but could easily have. Um, and, you know, I've seen plenty of recruiters go from, like, close to a million years to doing nothing the year after and then hopping around a few companies and living off the glory days. Um, so, you know, fortunately it didn't happen, but going back to what you said, um, I think traditional recruitment companies are like, all right, well, look, this guy's good. Let's, let's give him a ton of resources and he can, you know, he, he can, he can turn them into, uh, you know, even 50% of what he's doing. So I was spending 70, 80% of my time, um, helping other people, dealing with questions, training, managing, et cetera. So at a time, you know, eight to 10 people I was responsible for. And then it was like, hey, where's the deals? Um, and I think that year I dropped off to somewhere close. I think I, I finished short of 450. So a pretty big drop off. 
Hmm. Um, you know, and it cost me money. So I made less that year, which I think is, um, it's frustrating. You know, obviously you get an advancing base and, you know, that override carrot is, is there. But I, I think you've got to be quite strategic about when you're hiring, you know, team sizes, etc. In my mind, look, if you're a biller running 10 people is hard. You know, yeah. it's, it's really, really hard. You know, if you're a biller running three or four people who are, you know, know what they're doing and haven't all been brought on at once, I, I think you'll be all right. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you'll do what you were doing in your glory days, who knows, potentially depending on your relationships. Um, but I, I think, and, I, and this is not just what Elliot Brown did, I've seen it a lot of times is, you know, you jump onto someone who is very special and very good at what you do and you want to replicate that, right? You're like, all right, they're exactly who we want. Let's give them a ton of people. And if they create three or four of them, um, you know, we win. But you, you get to a point where, you know, you lose that person because they don't, you know, you're pulling away, them away from what they do really well, which is bringing business and then, you know, create that positive energy, et cetera. If you pull all the life out of them, yeah. uh, it changes them completely. So that was a huge learning. And I'll, I'll be honest, it was one of the reasons I contributed to my move to start in May in 2017. Um, and, you know, I just wanted to get back to doing recruitment again. Um, you know, after a year of being pulled in 50 directions and, you know, making 50 cold calls sounded all right, um, yeah. to, to be honest. And, um, you know, getting back on tools, which is kind of what contributed to my move in, in, in 2017 and was, you know, really fortunate enough that um, – since since then, you know, I, I've been kind of given that. I've I've yeah. used that experience to learn into, you know, went on, you know, did did half a million in my first year at start of May. Um, last year was kind of moving into a managerial role where I picked up, you know, one one person into my team and 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 I did extremely close to a million last year, just short. Um, and then, you know, what I'm doing is I'm being phased into a, a role where, you know. I can have three or four really good direct reports and then have an advisory oversight globally on the security practice, but um, be allowed to do what I do. And, and I think that's something that we've managed a lot better here. And I've been very vocal about is, you know, don't, don't take me away from the tools. Um, and, you know, let, if I'm going to be bringing people in, let me let them, you know, let me spend a little bit of time with one person rather than giving me six yeah, people have no idea what to do, which is, yeah, you've got a big learning curve throughout this whole experience. And the thing is, is that I've seen, I mean, obviously doing rhetoric, I speak to and see so yeah. many recruiters that have progressed through the ranks as a, a consultant and, you know, then have been thrown in potentially the deep end of having to manage too much, maybe more than they can handle, which affects the billings. I mean, look, I've had that with people that have worked yeah. for me, right? And ultimately yeah. it's uh, for you, you've clearly learned the hard way, but then look at where you are now, yeah. you know exactly yeah how to get around that how you want it to be and how it's going to work for you where you know where it's not going to work for you so that's that's yeah. really valuable like you know compared to other people that have not even got to that yet yeah um i've been fortunate and i think you know sometimes you have to get it wrong to get it right and i, yeah, I yeah. look back and i got it wrong um but now in a situation where i think look a i'm unfortunately my, my ceo appreciates my voice and when I tell him to slow down, I think, you know, he appreciates that. I also think there's this, there's this glorified mindset of we need to hire 20 people. We need to scale. We need to build. 
Um, I would much rather have a team of 10, 400K billers than, than 15 to 20 people doing 200, 250, few people blanking. Um, but there is this kind of whole mindset. And look, I get it. You know, businesses want to sell. Businesses yeah. want to add their valuation. You know, the more heads you have, the more valuable you seem externally. Um, but I think, you know, and this is this is something, look, you must see this every day, but people come to the US and just put the hammer down um, in terms of hiring, in terms of building. And I see so many people going through like phase one growth, then they learn a bit learn a bit, get it wrong, phase two growth, then yeah. phase three growth. And that's when they tend to do it the right way. Um, people coming out here, one thing I would advise is just be be sensible with your growth plan. Yeah, I spoke to, I was actually part of a, um, a webinar yesterday with about 15, 20 business owners and they were talking about their ambition to set up in the US. And the one bit of advice I gave them yeah. is literally what you just said is, if you go out there, yeah. a lot of businesses, they try and run before they can walk. They get too ahead of themselves. They see the big money. Um, and they try and yeah. do too much too quickly. And there's firms, unfortunately, that are even out in the States now that I'm seeing that with. Um, and you can identify yeah. that because I'm getting calls right, left and center by their staff that are telling me what yeah. everything. And it's like, yeah, you can kind of see the pattern. And now, I've, yeah, you, you've been doing the US market for so long, you kind of learn more and more about it. All. Um, but tell me, so, you know, now you are where you are. You seem to be doing incredibly well. What's the... Um, you said them at the beginning, you know, the market in the, uh, you know, US when we spoke at a minute for you, especially has not been as hit as much, but how have you dealt with the yeah. management? How have the people under you dealt with all of this? Uh, you know, are they as busy as you might be or. Um, so, so yes, we've, we've been pretty fortunate from a security perspective, but I will say we had a, we had a, a guy join us um, from the UK in March yeah. and he had three days, he had three days in the office. So, um, you know, I, I think, look, the, the thing for me is, you know, it, he's probably had it the toughest because he hasn't yeah. had that chance. You know, the, the first thing that I would say when, when you come out and get here is meet as many people as you can. Um, and he's, he's probably missed out on that. But as a whole, look, I've, I've been excited by the team at, team's effort. Um, I have a girl who works for me who has actually just put together her best quarter. Um, not, just, not just from a, a revenue perspective, but also just like output, input, you know, focus. And, and she's really taken to working remote very well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's so structured and disciplined that, you know, she hasn't taken a ton of management. And, you know, I've, I've had a ton of credit from like the, the sort of C-level here and, and I, I can't take a ton for it. Um, I do miss the office. I do miss the buzz. I, I figure we're probably going to move into you know, a new era of recruitment where maybe we're not eight, six, you know, we'll have an office, but it'll be flexible, um, which, which I think is, is probably a model that I can get behind. Um, again, it's, it's a results driven business, but you know, one of the guys in, in New York who I oversee had an exceptional March. Um, I was fortunate enough. I had a really good April only because I think everyone that I had in process, I think every client was like, yeah. Shit, if I don't if I don't if I don't hire one of these people, they might shut my headcount. Um, so uh, I, I was pretty fortunate and had a really good April. Um, and then look, you know, we, we're steady. I would say we're probably up to about 70, 75 percent of uh, of where we were at in kind of February, March before COVID, which which I'm OK with. Um, and I, I, the one thing that we've learned, uh, Elliot, is we're probably one of these companies that 
you know, security is such a good space that you can bring a lot of jobs on. Yeah. Um, and, and we're pretty good at that. Um, almost to the point where it's like, all right, well, we've got eight jobs. If we fill two this month, we're all right. Now that we're getting four or five in, we're probably doing a better job of delivery. Um, yeah. So our metrics probably look better um, because we need to take care of more of the jobs that we're doing. But to your point, we're doing well. The, uh, I miss the team and I miss the office, but I, I couldn't be prouder of the people in my team who are, you know, working remote, organizing themselves. Um, and, you know, as, as we do phase to go back, I think they've kind of earned their stripes of, you know, don't, don't need to have their hand held, don't need yeah. to hit 100 dials. Not that that's how I operate anyway, but they've really shown me they can step up when needed. Amazing. Fine. So that leads me on to the next part. You know, what's the plans moving forward? You know, we've obviously you've mentioned about the whole change of working and, you know, how you guys yeah. are going to set up shop. But, you know, does that stop you from, you know, the, the future hiring plans? Have you pulled that back? What, what's, what's happening there? So, so no, so I, I still think, look, we are committed to, and I'm committed, personally, I'm committed to building the best cybersecurity. I, I know Stottermay does more than that, but personally, I'm committed to building the best cybersecurity brand uh, in the US and globally. Um, I think that's a title that is up for grabs. I think yeah. there's some exceptional individual contributors that, you know, work with me, but also work for other companies um, that I recognize and uh, in a lot of cases, like and respect. Um, yeah. one of them lives in the same building as me. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I think I, I, I would love to hoover up as much of the really good security talent as well as curate it, um, and have a practice of, it's, it's almost kind of its own business of, of 20, 30, 40 people. Um, you know, realistically, I think our security practice by the end of, of 2020 will be 10 to 15 heads, uh, in the U S, um, which will be. You know, close. So, so right now we're we're about to be eight, uh, so double in size, um, three hires a quarter, which is reasonable growth between two offices, yeah. um, New York and, and LA. Uh, and look, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll grow as long as the numbers are there and the pipeline is there. We're, you know, we kind of took stock and, and did put things on ice in April and May. I think everybody did. Um, but we've come out better than we expected. Um, so we're Good. going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to hire. And for me, look, I'm, I'm super, super passionate and keen to have, you know, the best brand in cybersecurity. Um, you know, I think, I think we're already well-liked and well-recognized. Um, but I, I, really, I really want to make sure that we just have, you know, are the people that everyone calls and, and are the brand that, you know, own the marketplace, which I think is, uh, is still up for grabs. And I think we're, we're probably at the front of the race at the minute. Fine. Well, look, for anyone listening that does cybersecurity, obviously they know where to go now in the US, right? So, um, yeah. you know, if anyone's got any questions, reach out to, to Stuart directly at Stott and May. And uh, if you're interested in looking and, you know, get in touch with me and I'll introduce you to him and, or, you know, reach out directly. It's not a problem. Um, but one thing yeah. you've mentioned that I really want to just sort of final, sort of ask you a final question on and, and just, just, sort of spread a bit of you know information for anyone listening what challenge oh, okay not what challenge just change it up so where you've learned the hard way right and you've moved into this role and you've become extremely successful in that now um what advice would you give to anyone listening that's moving their way into that management role that you would tell them to try and avoid and get around kind of what you may have experienced to you know to better themselves yeah. um don't, don't bite off more than you can chew. Uh, yeah. I know it's exciting. Um, and look, I'll, I'll be honest, for the most part, 
I think you get to a certain point in your career, a lot of people want to rush to get off tools. Um, Don't don't lose sight of that. You know, you'll miss it more than you know, um, particularly when it comes to payday. Um, But uh, for me, just baby steps. I know it's really exciting, particularly when you bring someone in, you you start to see them do well. there is probably not much, not many better feelings than that as a, a recruitment leader than, you know, your, your grad or your new hire coming yeah. in and, and doing a great job. Um, but just take your time with it. You know, you don't need to be at the front of the pack straight away. Like I said, I would much rather have a team of three, four, 500K billers than have a team of 10 where I can't contribute. And to be honest, I, I can't give them the best either. So that, that would be my advice. Um, Great, you know, be a bit distinctive about the kind of people that you want to hire and the DNA and yeah. the culture you want to create. The first two hires are going to be, you know, your champions and kind of your princes and princesses if you're the king or queen. Um, so just make sure that you hire the right person first um, and, then, and then that makes your job a lot easier as well because if you do that well, some of your responsibilities as you grow the team, you know, they'll want to get involved or, you know, Hey, can you help with your pitch training or Hey, what specs are you sending? And and you can outsource some of that and empower one of your consultants. So they're probably the two, two key key bits of advice are take it slow and make sure that those first two hires you get absolutely spot on. Fine. So definitely those two, but I think also what you mentioned earlier, the, the, the other thing about, you know, the difference of the market from working obviously in the UK to coming over to the US. I don't think recruiters yeah. necessarily understand that as much as they might be a, you know, a successful recruiter in London billing half a million pound a year. Yeah. As soon as they get out to the US, they're, they're back to square one again and they've kind of got to re- you know, re- readjust everything that they've learned and, go again right and they can't yeah. go there with that sort of big head mentality that they might have in the uk which is fine but it yeah. doesn't work in the us does it no and the other thing that i would add to any uk recruiter um is the biggest competition you'll ever face um in in the us is not the agency next door it's businesses build really good talent teams um they spend a lot of money, you know, big six-figure salaries at times for, you know, good technical recruiters. Your biggest, um, yeah, your, your biggest competition is, is really going to be um, internal talent teams. So the biggest thing I would say is make friends with them. Um, they will help you if you get it right. Um, and, you know, the, I guess the traditional English way is kind of to, to puff your chest out and push them to one side. Yeah. Um, it, won't, it won't work. So just no. be mindful of that when you come out here. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Listen, Stuart, mate, thank you so much for your time. Um, I've got loads of notes here. This is really, really informative. And I'm, I'm sure that anyone listening will, uh, will definitely be in touch with you and I'll push them your way regardless. You know, but, um, awesome. I know you're busy. I'll let you go. But uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll speak soon. Nice one, Elliot. Absolute pleasure. No worries. Take care. See you later. Cheers, mate.